following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into Main Street Preps this week with Russell Vanozzi and Tyler Palmatier covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Now here with your host, Tyler Palmatier and Russell Vanozzi. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Vanozzi, joined as always by Tyler Palmatier and it's not officially spring yet on the calendar, but for high school sports purposes, it is very much the spring season. I know, Tyler, we've both been able to kind of get out and, and see a couple games here and uh, break out from the basketball gyms and kind of get some fresh air. And it's it's been really nice on my end. What, what about you? Uh, I had a pretty cold baseball game. So, uh, you know, really the rule of thumb is kind of you don't want to cover a baseball game that starts after 430 until about May 1st, probably. Uh, yes, but no, it, I, I'm just kidding. It was pretty cool over there at, at Brentwood Ravenwood last week. But um, yeah, no, is it not spring already, Russell? I thought the first day of spring already happened. Uh, it may have actually. <laughs> well, this is embarrassing. I, well, I'm just curious. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought somebody was making a big deal about the first I, day. I thought of spring it was. I thought week. it was. Really? Okay, I thought it was more like April twenty first or something, but I we'll I do could some be research. Totally wrong we'll, we'll get back to it at the, at the right. end of the show. Somebody needs to figure fact, out maybe what JP season can, we're actually in. Yeah, maybe JP can fact check us here because yeah. you know dates and days of the week are pretty inconsequential to us at this point. It's all just one big block of time. But that's right. That's right. Anyways, we've got a fun show lined up today. We're going to talk to Donaldson Christian Academy baseball coach John Birdie. His team's off to a great start. Then we're also going to dive into a discussion about the official shortage that's going on here locally, and really it's a national problem too, Tyler. So we're going to try to just kind of diagnose some of the issues there and maybe what could be done to uh, eradicate some of that. So without further ado, we're going to bring in John right now who joins us via phone. John, you doing all right? Yeah, good morning. Uh, March 20th, official day. There you go. For spring. There we have it. <laughs> March twentieth, John. I says, got my computer the first in front day of me, spring. So not, yeah, I had to look that up. <laughs> we appreciate your help, John. Anytime. Yeah, so I was totally off on that. That's that's my mistake. So I'm I'm at least I'm three weeks behind. Mar- March twentieth was the first day of spring. Thanks thanks to JP and John for that, but. John, you guys are off to an 11-4 start here th- through the first three weeks of the season. What do you just make of how your team's playing so far in the early going? Uh, so far, we've done pretty well. Um, you know, I, I think we've battled some inconsistencies, both on the mound and defensively. Uh, you know, I, I said from the get-go that, you know, we're going to have to win games 5-4 to four and 3-2. to two. I, I don't, We don't really have a, uh, a you know, 1-9, through nine, we're not going to – um, hit a lot of extra bases, home runs. We're going to have to small ball some, and, and you know I don't see us winning twelve to eight, and nine eight kind of games. But anyway, so far we've had a great year. Um, got a lot of production out of my seniors. Uh, some some unexpected kids have stepped up and played well, and uh, you know I'm I'm happy where we are right now. But we got a lot of work to do. Hey John. Uh, 
Andrew Benke, a Tennessee commitment. Uh, Ethan Robertson, Ethan Robinson, I'm sorry, uh, headed to Vanderbilt. These pitchers for you. What is it like having two arms like that on your staff? Uh, it's, it's been a real blessing. I, I will say that my most effective pitcher so far has been uh, Dayton Sneed. He's a senior. Uh, the other day, he he won the game against um, a district opponent, MJCA, and then he came in the second game of doubleheader and got the save. So I, I'm not taking away from anything, Ethan and Andrew. They got their great arms, and uh, they've done well for us. But in terms of innings pitch and ERA and just overall effectiveness, uh, Dayton's done um, really as our top pitcher right now. Uh, Ethan's had great outings. Um, he threw five the other day, only gave up one run. Uh, Andrew's battling some soreness in his left arm. Uh, we had to take him out early. So we may shut him down for a little while, but he's had a great year too. Um, I, I, honestly, this is a luxury that I have never had to have two SEC arms. Um, and they've done a great job. They, they're kind of battling for the strikeout lead. I don't know where they are currently, but, um, the problem is we got to make plays when, when they do put it in play. Um, Cal Ripken, I'm, I'm stealing this from him. He said, you got to make the routine plays. You got to turn the double play and you got to make the third out. And there's been several games where we hadn't been making the routine play. We haven't made the third out and you don't make the third out and before long, you know, you're giving up five or six runs with two outs and, and you lose the game. But I, I'm really happy with Ethan and, and Andrew. And uh, obviously, uh, they've done a great job. And we're going to ask you about all three of those guys there, John. But let's start with, with Andrew. Um, the, of course, the Tennessee t- signee that you said is dealing with some arm soreness right now. Uh, he's not physically imposing by any means. The latest uh, kind of height and weight that I saw for him online is 5'9", 175. I don't know if that's changed at all since that was posted but despite that frame he's still able to throw over 90 miles an hour um so where does he get his power john and, and why do you think he's so effective on the mound um andrew's probably the i would say the hardest working kid i've had he he's very very uh dedicated to his regiment and uh weight room uh you know strengthening his arm trying to trying to get stronger uh real strong lower body he's built i mean he's an athlete you know he runs well i mean i, I early on in his career i thought he played center field for somebody uh right now he, he loves to pitch so that's where he's gonna we're gonna excel but uh he's he's built really well he's strong and like i said he's just worked really hard to, to, to increase his uh velocity and uh when when he when the ball's down he's getting his slider change up over you know he's He's really effective. Hey, John, same same kind of question on Ethan. I mean, uh, what when you look at his overall, you know, body of work where it's at right now, what what are his biggest strengths? Yeah, and Ethan's a big body, so uh, it, it's a it's a whole different kind of uh, motion for him. He he has to stay, uh, you know. His mechanics have to stay true, and he's got to repeat them. And I'll tell you what, when he gets the ball down uh, and is throwing as hard as he does, uh, he's getting a lot of people out. Um, his biggest strength right now is just, you know, with being 6'4", his release point out front is pretty good. Uh, and so you're talking about 90 miles an hour 
and not having to travel a whole lot of distance to get to the plate. His only issues he had is when he gets the ball up or he has control problems, which this year hasn't been a major issue. His last time out, he went five innings, like I said, and really pitched well. Uh, with both Andrew and Ethan, we've been preaching all year, hey, you got to be effective and efficient with your pitch count. Um, you're not really much used to us if you only can go four innings and you're at 90 pitches. And that just means get ahead in the count. That means that, hey, there's times when you don't have to worry about striking a guy out. We'll take we'll take a ground out to short, you know, after, on the first pitch more than a strikeout. And for a kid that's a strikeout pitcher, you know, that's, it's hard to do because they just want to strike everybody out. And, and I tell you what, if I had their arms, I'd like I want to strike everybody out too. <laughs> um, but if they can keep their pitch count down and get us into the fifth, sixth inning, um, you know that that's very helpful. And one of the emphasis this year is hey, first pitch strike. You know, get ahead in the count. And if the guy hits it, he hits it. But I'd rather have a six or seven pitch inning with a fly ball to left field and the ground out the short then you strike all three of them out and you walk a guy and you've thrown 27 pitches that's that's not helpful yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a follow-up here and then russell's gonna ask you about dayton uh but on on the two on just let's talk about andrew and ethan just having the two big arms the, the the names you know you mentioned the sec arms does that going into a tournament or something does that give you guys uh is there an intimidation factor there for opponents? Do they look at that? Do you feel like they look at that opposing lineups and that's an advantage for you mentally? Yeah, honestly, no. I mean, we, I, I looked at some rankings recently of some of the high school teams in the area and I'm thinking, I don't know why we're so high because, you know, we played people like Grace Christian and we'll play Good Pasture, uh, Clarksville Academy and Franklin Road. I mean, those teams, they, they got, they got really good high school hitters. And we played uh, in this Wilson County tournament against Beach and uh, Stewart's Creek and Wilson Central. I mean, those guys, they got legitimate hitters that they, they see below. They see guys throwing 90 miles an hour all the time. Now, if you had a guy that just don't uh, all the time, I mean, I'm talking about a kid that I, I don't even know who I can think of off the hand, but that they. Uh, they're so dominant that they're not giving up any runs. Um, I don't honestly. I don't think anybody is intimidated by those two kids. Uh, at least when they start the game. Now, if they have a good game, I'm sure that. Um, I don't know if it's intimidation is the right word, but I think they have a lot of respect. I think they respect Andrew. They respect Ethan and and what they've done and the type of pitchers and the type of guys that they are. They're great, great uh, high school athletes. But in terms of Going into a game, I don't think there's any intimidation. I think they feel like, you know, they're going to battle. And I think we feel that way. I mean, I don't want my guys ever to feel like they're being intimidated by somebody on the mound. Um, and so, yeah. And you spoke highly of Dayton Sneed there a couple minutes ago. And, of course, we know him as the star senior wide receiver for the state championship football team who is, gonna, who is going to walk on at Murray State and – uh, now he's decided to reclassify as a 2023 prospect, but it sounds like he's been a big help to the baseball team too. What can you what can you kind of tell us about his abilities um, on the baseball field? Yeah, I, I mean I've got um, seven seniors that are playing right now, and uh, Dayton has really uh, we we knew he could pitch a little bit, but he's really done a good job at shortstop, and uh, he's leading our team in hitting, 
And uh, he told me earlier, he said, Coach, I still might want to play high school baseball or uh, college baseball. I said, okay. Um, but he's a good athlete, and he's worked it hard at uh, kind of shortening his swing a little bit and just trying to put the ball in play. And he's – I can't remember what I saw recently, but he's hes leading the team in hitting. I know that and really has been one of our top pitchers. Um, and he, he's not a guy that's going 100 miles an hour. He's probably low 80s, but he's getting his fastball, curveball, and his changeup all over for strikes, and he's very efficient. So that kid's throwing – 80 pitches and we're in the seventh inning you know he's closing out games uh and you have him complete games for us which is very very helpful and he competes you know our we talk about it all the time you got to compete you know we're keeping score uh let's compete and uh Dayton is a competitor I obviously saw that in football but I think there's a carryover in baseball as well I tell you what that all checks out based on uh kind of Dayton's you know, play on the football field. He seems like he would be a little kind of like a little bulldog on the, on the mound. Uh, I can totally see that. Um, when you look at your group as a, uh, your pitchers as a group, John, like you kind of mentioned possibly, you know, shutting down uh, either Andrew or Ethan earlier, you know, at this, how much care goes into pitchers workloads at this point in the year? Um how when do you really start dialing in the monitoring or you know does it happen all season long and what's kind of your method for for keeping track of all of it yeah well uh you know with the Tito SAA pitch count that that does a lot of it for you uh mm-hmm. we kind of have our own sort of idea of what we want to see earlier in the year in terms of the number of pitches um our catcher Connor Hackett it, you know people talk a lot about Ethan and Andrew but you know, guys that throw ninety, you got to have a, you got to have somebody who can catch that. <laughs> and uh, Connor does a great job. You know, he communicates with us if he sees something early in the game uh, in terms of their control, or uh, maybe they're they they do have a little bit of pain. They're not sharing it with us because they just want to stay out there or whatever. I think Connor's been a, a big help in terms of managing our staff. Uh, I would say in terms of we sort of had a weekly routine um, in terms of what you do the day after you pitch, the day before you pitch, your the, the bullpens that you throw. Um, Ethan's uh, regimen is, you know, he's, he knows what to do. He goes out and does it pre, pre-game, post-game, and Andrew's the same way. And uh, honestly, I don't have to do a whole lot. Those guys, you know, they've had pitching coaches, and they have their regimen, and they understand um, – that they need to take care of their arms first and foremost, because if, if they can't throw, obviously they're not going to be very full in terms of uh, winning games for us. Does that, does that help? Yeah. Yeah. We know John, that fields are always a point of pride for, for baseball coaches. And, you know, unfortunately yours was hit by the, and along with the school was hit and damaged heavily in the March, 2020 tornado that it swept through that area of town. What was the recovery process like of kind of getting everything back together? And uh, where's your field now? Are, are you guys back to 100%? Yeah, um, last year, um, I guess after the tornado, uh, maybe January before we began the next season, they were they were beginning the rebuild and, you know, the dugouts got redone, the lights were up. Everything was pretty much almost ready. And our, our athletic director, Coach Goodwin, came and said, hey, have you uh, – have you replaced the screens that you lost? 
like, no, I didn't, I didn't, didn't know I was supposed to. He says, man, you better get busy. Well, I'm telling you, I've never had so much fun. I, I thought it was Christmas. I mean, within about two or three weeks, I ordered, I don't even, can't even begin to tell you how many screens and, because all of it was replacement stuff that, you know, we got insurance money for and I had to get it done. So we now have everything in place. Uh, we finished uh, this past summer. We got our bleachers put in. Um, there's a few tweaks here and there, but it is back and running and it's, it's, as, it's better than it ever was. Um, the quality of, um, of the types of things that we replace and just the, they built the dugouts nice and the, the field itself is, is wonderful. I, I can't, I couldn't be happier about the way it's turned out. And you, you know, you hate to, you hate for it to be a tornado that gets, gets you all your new stuff in a better field. But honestly, uh, in our, our school buildings, the same way, we have a beautiful new uh, elementary wing with a second floor that, you know, if it hadn't been the tornado, obviously that would have been probably a few more years down the line and a lot more money to try to put something like that up. So, you know, there's, there's blessings and tragedies. Um, somebody asked me, I said, yeah, we don't do fundraisers at DCA. We have floods and tornadoes because, <laughs> you know, we had the flood and that we had to replace, we got rid of all the portables behind our building. And then this tornado took out all our current or our most recent, um, portable buildings and so now we're everybody's in a permanent structure so that's that's great so we've been blessed as far as that goes well, that's john i'm glad you guys have, have have bounced back um hey one more question we're gonna get you out of here uh i was i mean i'm not gonna ask you for your red sauce recipe because you mentioned you might have one um you know, your dad silvio may have may have had a really good one uh, but I was curious, who who is somebody on your lineup that gets overlooked? Who's the X factor to DCA's baseball season uh, this year? If it's somebody, if you had to look up and down the roster that we haven't talked about, who is that? Yeah, yeah well, um, I, I, I have a couple other seniors. Gage Farrar is, is our three-hole hitter. He plays, he plays second, and then when Dayton pitches, he plays short. Uh, he's, a, he's a great leader for us. Obviously, Connor – is having a great year. He's having a great year swinging the bat. He, he's driven in a lot of runs, and he handles our pitching staff. Uh, and it's not easy catching those guys, I'll just tell you. Um, I, I think he's another one that deserves a lot of credit. Uh, other than that, we have guys that are just playing major roles, you know, up underclassmen. Um, but Dayton and Gage and Andrew, Connor, uh, those guys are really uh, carried a lot of our loads. I do all have a sophomore that really hit well. His name is Stephen Alton. And, you know, you hate to leave guys off, but Stephen's having a good year. He, he bats in the 504, uh, plays right field. He also played football. He was on that state football championship, and he brings a little bit of that uh, aggressiveness and just the will to compete. I think we don't have enough talent to just walk out there on talent alone, but if we'll, if we'll compete hard, you know, anything can happen. So. Uh, you know, we hope to to win some games maybe that we're not supposed to. Uh, we certainly have shown that we can lose some that we're supposed to win. <laughs> so. Well, it's certainly nice to get contributions up and down the lineup like that, John. So uh, 
we'll be we'll be tuned in and interested to see how you guys play out the rest of the year. But uh, we really appreciate your time today, and and thanks for joining us, um, taking some time out of your schedule. No problem. I appreciate you guys. Thanks. Thanks, John. That has been DCA coach John Birdie. We really appreciate his time. And coming up after this break, we are going to dive into the official shortage and uh, kind of dissect some of that. So we'll be back with more in just a minute. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go tour their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731. 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries, and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with us through that trial commercial break that we just had there. feels pretty official to have that. But um, Tyler, we got to talk about kind of an important issue here that's facing high school sports, not only in the Nashville area, but really just across the country right now. Uh, Seems like every sports season is is kind of having issues staffing uh, officials, umpires, referees, whatever you want to call them for each each sport. Um, You know, obviously we're dealing – there's – it's a complex issue. We're dealing with a national labor shortage um, as it is. I think this is partially a product of that, but there's also kind of some unique factors at play here with kind of the nature of the job, let's say. And, um, you know, just last week, a page softball game was canceled uh, due to a shortage of uh, umpires. And that prompted kind of an interesting message here from the Brentwood Athletic Department Twitter, um, kind of a long message. I won't read the whole thing just for time purposes, but 
essentially, uh, they basically kind of called out the fans and fan behavior. And this is one of the first times I've actually seen uh, a school do something like this. And, and basically, they, it ends with, uh, until the people in the stands decide to change the problem facing this softball team um, with the cancel, canceling its game for a shortage of officials, uh, will continue to grow. Um, so this is kind of putting some words to a problem that you and I have both witnessed, Tyler, that fans are just behaving badly at some of these games, to say the least. And it, it seems to be contributing to people not wanting to come out and work uh, for a couple hours a night and, and uh, call a game. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, let's, let's kind of preface all this by saying, acknowledging that this shortage, if you will, is not necessarily really new. Um, I mean, as far as I know, going back to even, you know, I'm not from around here, but I know that, um, you know, people have been complaining about the, uh, you know, not being able to find officials for like over 10 years. I mean, I, you know, it just depends on where you're at, but it's, look, it's not a, this is not a high paying job. It's unless you just really love sports, it's not particularly fun. It's not quick, easy money. It's a passion job. Um, it's a job if you have time for it and you need a little bit extra money, you know, you can fit it in. If it works for you, it works for you. It's kind of a niche job, if you will, anyways. But the shortage has been going on. This is this is not just cropped up. I mean, last year we wrote about um, – shoot, I just had it pulled up. I'm trying to um, – uh, Doris Armstrong, he's, you know, he had – he got COVID. He's a long-time TSSAA baseball official. Got COVID and somehow made it back to umpire. But, I mean, he said last year, he said, look, we lost guys because of COVID or uh, during that COVID break, and they have not come back. Um, that's a big thing. It has to do with a labor shortage too. As you mentioned, you know, people the, different, are finding different ways for income that are not spending three hours at a baseball game that won't end where you just get your, uh, you know, your head bashed in by fans. As you mentioned, I, I would say the fans thing is sort of like, you don't get hazard pay for this. You know, I mean, you don't get hazard pay for that. It's just why it's the reason why your favorite fast food restaurant right now it takes 30 minutes to get your order because no one wants to work there because people don't treat them very well, frankly. I mean, they make a little bit of money, but sometimes the public is not very nice and there's no extra compensation for that. You know, it's just, I think that it's a passion job and it's not a job that's got any easier over the last few years for sure. And I don't know that anybody's doling out raises or mileage to these guys to do it. So, uh, I don't know where that rant began and ended, but I guess bottom line is like, I, I don't think it's a new problem. I think you're totally right. It's not going away. Uh, and I also think uh, Brentwood athletic department's right in that the only way to make that this job better is to treat them better on the field or maybe give them more money. Yeah. And um, you know, like you said, it is, it, it's interesting too, because, Obviously, this is it's always been kind of a hassle. I'm, I'm sure that's not a fun job to schedule umpires and officials and to try to figure out the puzzle of where everybody needs to go and make sure they get there on time. I would not want to be that person at all. But it definitely, with all these kind of economic factors the last couple of years, um, the fan behavior, all, it, it does seem like the problem is getting worse to the point where, I mean, now we're talking about having the T-Doubles to Blade moving when they already have moved a number of football games to Thursday night now. In the past, there, there was Thursday night games because of fall break. Maybe a team wanted to, you know, have a special game, or that's the only time they could meet. Or um, 
so I remember there were several Metro games last year, uh, specifically a couple of Cane Ridge games I covered that they had moved that to Thursday in part to make sure they had um, quality referees to to do the game. Um, so it definitely seems like it's something getting worse. And and you're totally right. Like there, think of all the the new ways in the last ten years that there are to make money sitting at home. You know, you can invest in cryptocurrency. You can make a YouTube channel. I mean, there's all these different ways. I remember my first ever job when I was in high school was a basketball scorekeeper at the local Parks and Recs games, right? And I'm sure some of the, you know, some of the umpires or some of the officials uh, were also maybe college kids, high school kids. And because that was at the time, you know, we were coming off the Great Recession. I mean, there were very few jobs to be had for teenagers, especially ones that were going to be flexible with your schedule. Um, you know, I remember having to go all over town to try to find my first job and I basically got rejected by everywhere. It's pretty deflating getting rejected by like Target and Publix and everywhere else. Um, so I was a basketball scorekeeper for a while. And, um, as a high school kid, I mean, a college kid, whatever, a young person, you don't even need to do anything like that now. I mean, you can, you can make money off your Instagram. You can make money off cryptocurrency. I mean, there's all these other things that why subject yourself to, like you said, ridicule and parents screaming at you. Even down to the little league level, I wouldn't want to be an umpire. I mean, you've got parents behaving badly at those games. Um, so I, I don't know that there's an easy fix to this issue, uh, Tyler, but it definitely seems like the factors the last couple of years have compounded the issue, and now we're really feeling feeling the hurt here with games canceled and moved around, and um, I'm sure those schedulers are just having one heck of a time trying to make sure that all these games get off with um, the right number of of umpires yeah pay them more treat them better or both i mean that's the only way to keep anybody in any job russell yep and hopefully there's some parents out there that can do some soul searching and realize that hey this is not professional sports these are not professional umpires and maybe we can give them just a little bit of grace that'd be nice but with that uh tyler unless you've got anything else i think uh that's gonna probably do it for us for today sounds good man we'll hit it next week All right, thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you back next time on Main Street Preps this week. This has been Main Street Preps this week with Russell Vanozzi and Tyler Palmatier covering high school sports all across Middle Tennessee. Follow them on Twitter at Main Street Preps. Also follow Russell at Russell V underscore MSP and Tyler at T Palmatier. 83 and always online at MainStreetPreps.com. Main Street Preps this week is a Main Street Media production.